making waves, inspiring change, opening doors to an equal future. Here on the Trapes and Globe on Wheels Disability Advocacy Podcast, host Ming Canada journeys with an array of guests through the multifaceted world of disability advocacy. Guests will share their insights and will discuss some of today's most crucial questions and topics, as well as provide perspectives into the current disability rights movement and lifestyles of people around the world. Let's make waves together in the disability movement. Enjoy the episode. Everybody, today we have the honor of welcoming Bob Inglis onto the Trips and Global on Wheels podcast hour. Bob Inglis is the executive direct director of RepublicEN.org. He was selected to the U.S. Congress in 1992, having never run for office before. He represented Greenville, Spartanburg, South Carolina from 1993 to 1998, unsuccessfully challenged U.S. Senator Fritz Hollings in 1998, and then returned to the practice of commercial real estate law in Greenville, South Carolina. In 2004, he was re-elected to Congress and uh, went and served until losing re-election in the South Carolina Republican primary of 2010. In 2011, Inglis went full-time into promoting free enterprise action on climate change and launched the Energy and Enterprise Initiative at George Mason University in July of 2012. In the fall of 2014, Energy and Enterprise Initiative rebranded to become RepublicEN.org. Without further ado, let's welcome Bob Inglis to the show. Bob Inglis, welcome to the Trapes and Global on Wheels podcast hour. Great to be with you. So I I know that you founded uh, RepublicEN. And uh, could you just briefly tell us what that is and then go on to uh, share your proudest achievements thus far with it? Yeah, so RepublicEN.org is a group of conservatives reaching conservatives on climate change. Uh, We're trying to convince fellow conservatives to raise their hand in class because their kids were the answer, you know, um, uh, for a period of time that thankfully seems to be over now, but there was a a decade or so where conservatives sort of shrunk in science denial uh, because they didn't think they were any good apparently at energy and climate. But thankfully things seem to be turning around and uh, conservatives are starting to raise their hands and say, yeah, you know what? There is an answer to to, to climate change and the answer is found in free enterprise. Um, And so, that's, that's the message that we take to fellow conservatives. And um, so the idea is to go to them with credible messengers and affirm the truth that uh, free enterprise can solve climate change and uh, make sure that it fits with their values. Um, because most of the climate conversation um, has been conducted in the language of the left. You know, um, we need to do with less. We need to repent to the capitalistic system. We need to walk and eat bugs. Well, maybe that last two things, that's a little bit, that's an exaggeration, but that's the way conservatives heard it. Um, and so what we've got to do is uh, reposition that conversation so that it's about more energy, more mobility, more freedom, and uh, innovation through the free enterprise system. So uh, that's what, uh, and, and as to victories, there are little victories along the way. Uh, obviously, we've got a long way to go yet to convince enough conservatives to uh, to raise their hands, but you have those uh, little victories. Um, 
I remember one on a talk radio show, for example, um, uh, uh, the guy called up and uh, wanted me to be on the show. So I, um, he started the show this way. He says, next up, a conservative who says climate change is real. And then he laughed into the microphone and went to the commercial break. He came back to me live. So I was talking fast, you know. Um, the next day, they called up and they said, will you be on again today? And I said, sure. Host started it this way. Tell me how that carbon tax would work again. Uh, it completely changed. Um, because the day before, what he thought he was going to hear was the language of the left and all that repenting of the capitalistic system and everything. He didn't hear that. He heard high-octane Milton Friedman economics. And uh, so second day went much better. So that's an example of one of the little victories along the way. But uh, like I say, we got a long way to go yet. So being a very uh, conserv conservative re re Republican who believes in the power of small government, um, can you share with us how enterprise can t help tackle climate change in the long haul? Um, I know that you can probably write a, a couple books on this, so just be very brief. Pretend this is your elevator pitch to someone who's, you know, your most liberal person out there, but also very open-minded. Yeah, so what we think at republician.org is we have a problem of economics that has an environmental consequence. Um, and uh, if you fix the economics, then the environment would be much better. Um, and, and the basic problem of the economics is this. It's, it's, um, it, it's the, the lack of accountability for the cost being imposed on society by the burning of fossil fuels. Uh, that's the problem. Um, and we as conservatives really believe that, uh, you know, whenever you have a lack of accountability, you have a problem because uh, havoc results. And climate change is the havoc that results from the lack of that accountability. So what we need to do is do uh, what we think Milton Friedman would tell us to do if he were still alive is basically put all the cost in on all the fuels, eliminate all the subsidies explicit and implicit and on that level playing field have free enterprise compete uh, honestly openly transparently and with full accountability blessings come from that havoc results from the lack of accountability and so what we're really talking about to those uh, listening right now are probably saying why doesn't he just say internalize the negative externalities uh, that's what we're talking about and so uh, for those and, and of course I, I once said that to the largest newspaper in the district that i represented the reporter stopped me and said what did you say and i said i would need to internalize the negative externalities he said i can't write that in this paper man we write at the seventh grade level um, and so i said well we need to reveal the hidden cost the next day it said in the paper, Inglis said we need to reveal the hidden cost from the burning of fossil fuels. That's it. It's just reveal the hidden cost. Put the cost in. Um, because what, what a negative externality is, is when I'm doing something, say, at Inglis Industries, that, um, that uh, imposes a cost on society in my soot or my affluent, um, that's a distortion of the free enterprise system. You've got to make me accountable for those emissions, for that effluent. If you don't, it's a great deal for me, um, stinks for society. And so um, you make me accountable, 
And then my costs reflect that accountability. I've got to scrub my stack better. I've got to clean up my affluent. And when I do, my cost goes up. Well, across town, there's a competitor of mine who hasn't been able to beat me in the marketplace because he or she doesn't have that cost that they're imposing on society. But you make me accountable and he or she's in business and I'm out of business. Well, that's good for society because then what you've done is you've had a level playing field where people are responsible for their actions and they, they, they're made to care about society around them. You can't just dump on your neighbors. I mean, in biblical law, you know, you can't do that. You can't do on your property something that harms somebody else's property or person. And so it's, that's the concept of accountability. It's really uh, what economists call internalizing the negative externalities. How do you think climate change affects people with disabilities even more so than the able-bodied population? Well, I think it's uh, whether we have a livable place, you know, I mean, it's, it's, um, it's just harder to get around if you have disabilities and if it's a, uh, if the climate is uh, inhospitable, it becomes a greater uh, struggle, uh, doesn't it? And um, particularly, I mean, I'm, I'm, here in America where people are relatively rich compared to the rest of the world. But if you consider people with disabilities in poor places that don't have some of the conveniences that uh, our disabled population has, air conditioning, you know, uh, uh, motorized chairs, things like that, uh, it's really hard. And um, so it will affect uh, the disabled in poor places extremely um, and um, that's what, you know, it's really, uh, we really do need to be thinking about that. People like me that uh, don't uh, have disabilities and that have a lot of the comforts of the uh, rich world, uh, I need to care for those that, um, and think about them that, that will be suffering the most through this. It, it won't be people like me. We're, you know, no middle-income Americans are, are actually pretty wealthy people compared to the whole of human history. Um, and so, uh, but there are people around the world who will suffer a great deal. Um, what may be an inconvenience for me could be a life and death matter for them. And that's what we need to uh, be aware of as we're, as we're talking about climate action. What do you think people with disabilities can contribute to the climate change conversation? Maybe that just a greater awareness of uh, you know, hey, we're uh, we're here, and things are going to get rougher for all of us, but they can be especially rough for people with disabilities. So, uh, if you would, people that uh, aren't affected by those sorts of disabilities, think of us and think of uh, how you could help, uh, because we need to head this off. We need to head off the impacts of climate change. And uh, they'll be particularly extreme, as I say, on people that um, have a little bit harder time getting around. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed the episode and came away with some information that you can now take with you to create your own change. If you would like more information about Trapes and Global on Wheels, please visit trapesandglobalonwheels.com. And that's Trapesin, T-R-A-I-P-S-I-N. 
And for updates and other TGOW-related news, follow our social media pages on Instagram and Facebook, both with handles and Global on Wheels, and then also LinkedIn and Twitter. You can find the links below in the description box or on our main channel page. We sincerely appreciate your support, and we'll catch you again next time.